Hey guys, welcome back to the Man of War channel. My name is Rafa Conde. Of course, I am a man on a mission here forging you to become the best version of yourself. Now, many times I get people that walk up to me during speaking engagements or, you know, events, and they ask me to speak about war stories in law enforcement, knowing that I was part of several units um, and I've always been very secretive or quiet regarding war stories. Um, even though law enforcement was life-changing for me, it was the best thing that I've ever done in my life. To be part of a great community of, of brothers and sisters in blue, holding that blue line. Uh, the experiences and the opportunities that I got of uh, being a police officer and narcotics agent and you know police academy instructor, SWAT operator, whatever you want to go into. Um, for me, it was an incredible experience to do what less than 1% of cops get to do, especially being in designated task forces and squads and things like that. I just, I loved what I did, man. It was a fun time for the most part until the very end and I'm going to start with this story because I believe there's a lot of takeaways from this story. And more importantly, I believe that there is something powerful, at least for me it was. So I hope that you can sit back for a moment here and just hear this out. And I'm going to paint it out for you. It was a warm, sunny day in Florida. And uh, I was in my patrol vehicle in a gas station, typically um, in my beat, in my area, there was a couple of places that I would um, go to and kind of position myself there so I can get a better view of, of the um, area. In this particular gas station, I was inside my patrol car and all of a sudden I see an individual kind of walk to my car. And he was coming very quickly, walking at a pace that was probably almost at a jogging speed. And he approached my vehicle and started pounding my vehicle with his hands and then started spitting at the window, calling me names. And this was a time where everybody hated cops. The George Floyd incident, bringing uh, civil unrest all over the place. Everything in me wanted to just open the door and go knock this guy out. But of course, I took an oath. From there, um, the guy took off, he ran, and, and I never saw him again. A couple of days later, I'm in the same position, same gas station, and all of a sudden um, I get a, you know, there's an alert on my radio. Typically when the alert goes beep, beep, you know, every, the radio goes silent. All the cops ears go like this to listen to what's going on because you know there's going to be a, a high priority call going out. A high priority call typically is a call that you must respond to right here and right now. So as the uh, dispatcher you know, puts out all the information, all the pertinent information. Um, you know, it's a black male, probably shot, gunfire, um, uh, people screaming, whatever it is. And the call came out and I'm literally next to that apartment building. Every cop knows that when a alert goes off and especially a shots fired call goes off and you're right there, right around the corner, uh, your ass puckers, and the hairs on the back of your neck kind of fucking freeze up, okay? So um, 
yeah, we were right there. Boom. First on scene, literally within 10 seconds. I heard one round go off. Uh, by the time I pulled into this particular area, um, you know, I'm just like, wow, man. I see a bunch of people, bunch of people. They're all coming, running to my patrol car, screaming and screaming and, hey, come on, man, up there, up there. You know, there the shots fired up there. There's a shooting, whatever. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know. So <clears throat> here I am in a situation where I have no backup. Nearest backup was a few minutes behind. <clears throat> However, you know, if there is a shooting going on and there's people, you know, being hit by rounds, I mean, it is my duty, it is my oath um, to go out there and protect them. And that was a situation where um, I needed to step up. So as I go up the stairs, this was in the third or the fourth floor, um, you know, I draw my firearm, I'm tactically moving. After I get up to the second round of stairs, I, I start seeing blood start dripping from the staircase. And as blood starts dripping from the staircase, I'm looking up to trying to find to see where it's coming from. I finally approach the top floor and I see um, <clears throat> this guy uh, with a Glock in his hand, kind of dropped, bleeding all over the place gurgling and then I see two women on top of them screaming and screaming and screaming first thing in my mind is all right I got to get this gun make it safe and put it somewhere second thing is I got to jump on him and do what I can to help him or to help the situation right um, and as I walked up two or three steps, I realized that this guy was the same dude that had spit on my windows, that had called me all those names and um, was just angry. So part of me wanted to stop and say, fuck this guy. And the other part was my human part saying that, you know what? I'm no one here to judge. I'm no one here to say that I am better. And more importantly, I took an oath. So I jumped on top. I started giving him CPR for I don't even know how long. I remember it being probably at least two to three minutes, probably even longer than that. If you've ever done CPR consistently, you know your triceps are going to freeze up within a minute. So here I am pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping. I got people screaming at me in the ears. His girlfriend, I think maybe the mother, just freaking screaming at me. I got like 20 people using the phone to film me. And I'm there pumping this guy, knowing that he had just, you know, been a fool, complete fool a couple days ago. And here I am trying to save his life. Finally, the medics got there and then so on. And I transferred that over. But I was pumping him hard, trying to do everything I could to save him. Um, sadly, you know, he passed away. Um, but as I went down the stairs and I entered my patrol car for just a moment, just to kind of block, block myself out <clears throat> from from the from the noise um, I sat there for a moment and just reflected on what just had you know, what had just happened and as I reflected on what 
just occurred and what transpired, I felt angry, sad, um, all sorts of feelings, right? But I've always been taught never to engage my emotions, and I truly believe that. Emotions are just that, emotions. So I've learned to let them go, but somehow this emotion stuck with me a little bit. And it stuck with me where I spoke about it to my wife because I never took my work home. Very rarely did I speak about a scenario or a situation that had happened to me, law enforcement, to my wife. So I sat down and we had a conversation. And, you know, I really felt at that moment that, well, yes, it was a life-changing experience because for me to continue doing that to someone that had spit on me, that had, or at least attempted to, and the, the anger and, uh, and also was a little resentful at work in the sense that, um, you know, just our agency was not really backing us as much as they, they should have, in my opinion. But regardless, that's, that's another whole story. The bottom line is, um, I had to put that all away and I had to be emotionless and do my job, no matter whether I believed it was the right thing or the wrong thing or whatever it is in my mind, I knew that in the end it was the thing to do and it was important. And I was a human being first and in situations like that, that's going to overpower anything else. Taking someone's life and someone dying in front of you, and believe me, I've had a lot of people die in my arms and in front of me and all that. I can tell you stories and over and over again, but this particular one just hit home with me. And I learned so much really to let go, to be in the moment, to do what's right, um, and really to continue my path. When I was speaking to my wife at night, that evening I was, you know, I felt like my time in law enforcement was pretty much over. I felt that um, even though I did the right thing, um, that really the impact that I wanted to make in this world, um, I needed to do bigger and better things. And at that time, of course, I already started Man of War, and we were three years into it, and the company was growing like wildfire. So just a few months after that, I decided to retire, hang my badge, and take the reins of this organization, of Man of War, as the CEO. And it was the best decision that I've ever made. But stories like this really hang on. Um, they kind of cling on to me. Because in life, sometimes you're going to be angry. Sometimes you're going to be resentful. Sometimes you're just going to feel like people have fucked you over. But it's about doing the right thing. It's about doing the honorable things. It's about doing things that most other people probably would do completely, completely something different. And the most important lesson that I learned from this was sometimes life is going to throw things your way. There's going to be hatred inside of you or anger, maybe even 
confusion at times whether to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Always do the right thing. Be an honorable man. Live a life of integrity. I can go back to this particular situation and know that I did the honorable thing, the right thing. And you live on and you move on and you grow from it and you learn from it. That's the beauty of life. It's not always going to be perfect. Believe me, it's not always going to be perfect. So if you're out there struggling with anger or you're pissed off at someone or someone did you wrong or listen, we all make mistakes. You know, we sometimes are not perfect, believe it or not. And the anger is an emotion, just like happiness, just like love. Don't attach yourself to it. Get beyond it. I speak about that all the time. With that said, to live a stoic life where you can overcome the challenges and not get so caught up on your bullshit emotions and your ups and downs takes a tremendous amount of internal fortitude, takes self-discipline. I believe that because I had that type of self-discipline, that type of mindset, I was able to let that go and do my job. So when you are confronted with a situation like that, step out of the box. Always remember that emotions are emotions and a man who acts based on his emotion is going to be a weak man, a very weak man. We see that all over the place. Where do you think these active shooters come from? Where do you think that these shooters that go into schools come from? And think about that. Of course, all emotion. Strong men, masculine men, warrior men don't live their lives based on that. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you got some takeaways from this. If you've been hiding under a rock somewhere and you don't know about the Man of War Crucible, it is one of the most powerful brotherhoods most powerful programs in the world. Man of War Crucible, M-E-N of War Crucible. Go check it out. Um, right now we have, I think we're full all the way till April 2024. But it is a life-changing program, without a doubt. And it's a program that um, I believe continues to build the strongest men who walk this earth. All right, guys, please do me a favor before we roll here. Smash that subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, like, subscribe, do all the things that you can do to help our channel grow. Because of you, we are here now. We're constantly growing, of course. We are 20 million downloads on the Man of War podcast. This particular channel of YouTube has been a bear to grow, but we're pushing it, man. Every month, we're bringing you some great content. Always raw and to the point. Hey, God bless you.